Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in to Driven Radio Show. This is Mark. Brett's birthday was this week, so today we're kind of taking a knee (laughs) after his celebrations. Here's one of our favorite interviews from 2021 with Chris Theodore, the father of the 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra concept. Our special guest this week is Chris Theodore, former Ford Motor Company vice president of product development, who co-designed and co-built the 2004 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra concept, along with Carol Shelby and Jay Mays. Chris, welcome to Driven Radio. Great to be here. You've got a long and storied uh, resume, but what we're really wanting to bother you about tonight <laughs> is that uh, that outstanding Shelby uh, Cobra concept that's heading to auction in Monterey at Mecham uh, in a couple of weeks. How did the project come about? Well, uh, we had just done, uh, announced that we were going to put the Ford GT into production and in, in uh, 2002, and we'd managed to bring Carol Shelby uh, back into the Ford fold. And in August of 15th of 2003, Carol and I went out to Pebble Beach and made the announcement that Shelby and Ford Motor Company joining force, forces to uh, develop high-performance cars. Now, we didn't tell anybody what, what we were up to, but after Carol had joined us as a member of the Dream Team on, on the Ford GT, uh, in January of that year, Jay and I talked about, you know, the, the obvious follow-on would be doing a, a Cobra and then, you know, a Daytona. And so uh, we made contact with Carol. I went out to see him and said, hey, we'd like to do a new Cobra with you. He got excited. Um, and we started right at the very beginning at the Valencia studio working on sketches. And... Uh, as we started to work on the project, I realized that we could make a real running prototype show car, which most show cars are just push mobiles mm-hmm. and they're not in. So I assigned my entire uh, advanced uh, engineering team to work on the project. And we realized we could use a lot of the co- components we were developing for the Ford GT to create uh, the Shelby Cobra concept, and now it became more than just a concept car. Now, Jay also had the presence of mind to uh, engage uh, rides that was popular at the time, and they followed the build of the car from the very beginning with Carol, the first sketches, all the way through to uh, him driving uh, the car eight months later at Irwindale, and then onwards to the Detroit Auto Show in 2004. Only so eight Carol months. Was, that's that's like, incredibly fast. Yeah, for a fully engineered, the chassis was fully engineered. On top of that, uh, I had originally hoped to put a V10 in the Ford GT, but we couldn't make it there time-wise, and we rightly settled in on you know the 5.4 with a, a supercharger on it, which is a monster. But the advanced research guys went off and didn't tell me and went off and built a V10. And they called me up one day and they said, hey, would you like to drive a hot Mustang? And they had it in the old Fox body Mustang. <laughs> and 
it was fast. I bet. <laughs> and so I said, uh, can you make me some more? And they said, okay, write a check. So I wrote a big check. <laughs> and we built four engines. One was in, well, the first engine was in that Mustang mule car. We put one in the 427 show car. Mm-hmm. And they kept refining the design. And the, the next two went into the Shelby Cobra concept and uh, GR1 the following year. Oh, cool. And, you know, it's great motor, V10, all aluminum, dry sump, double overhead cam, 40 valve, 5 horsepower, and 501 foot-pounds of torque. So mm. uh, it was a really neat motor. Did and you have so to write another that, check for tires? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Carol went through quite a few tires. And uh, as when I later came to own the car, we found uh, we needed to put a new clutch in it as well. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yeah. To see the video, Carol was at Irwindale. We did two days of testing and shooting and taking the press for drives. But the best part is that at the end of the second day on the drive, uh, he was doing donuts uh, with <laughs> with Daisy, just in a billowing smoke, and and it was just it was just fantastic. We had. We had a wonderful, wonderful time together in the whole project. It was so much fun. Awesome. The team was excited. Carol was just a ball to work with. And then when he and I went on to become very, very close friends until he passed. What? Uh, how did it become named Project Daisy? Well, when I first got to Ford, and I'm not the first guy to think of this by any means, but uh, like my second week on the job, Volvo, top Ford management team. So we're on the plane plane going over and I suggested, you know, Ford really needs to do uh, a GT40 because, you know, the Viper was in essence a ripoff of the Cobra and I had really wanted to do a mid-engine Viper as well, but I said Ford needs to, you know, grab onto its heritage and everybody probably drank a little wine, got excited. (laughs) Well, when we got back from Sweden, uh, to my chagrin, the project was assigned to my good friend, uh, Neil Ressler, who was uh, the vice president of research at Ford Motor Company. And they, they set up a little shop in the basement in the skunk works to start studying to do a new Ford GT. To keep it quiet, all Ford's high-performance projects had names like Terminator and, you know, all real aggressive names. You know, all Piranha. Coletti would come up with all these crazy names. So Neil said, well, we don't know what we're doing, so we're going to call the Ford GT program Petunia. <laughs> so, so, so when Jay and I got around to talking about doing the Cobra concept, Jay suggested, well, why don't we call this one Daisy? Everybody will know we're up to something high performance, so it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but they won't know exactly what we're doing. So that's how we got the name Daisy, and nice. uh, it's derived from uh, the Petunia program. <laughs> so it sounds like you had fun working with uh, Carol Shelby. I'm wondering if there were design components that you wished that you'd included on the concept that didn't make it in. That's a good question. I had one brazen idea. I wanted the plans when we went into production would it would be aluminum bodied uh, as well as aluminum frame like the uh, uh, like the four GT and subsequently the GR1. So I had this crazy idea that we'd uh, we'd do a polished aluminum body oh. uh, cobra 
to go along with the polished GR1, to go along with the polished 4GT, no aluminum. But uh, when we took a look at the budget, that was kind of... Yeah, I can we imagine. Were, roll. We were, we were in checks. mega million territory. I probably would have lost my job. If, make if it, we make had, it rain. <laughs> car is, uh, is, is really sweet. And we at, While we were doing the concept car and doing the prototype chassis, we were actually doing a feasibility study for putting it in into production. And uh, I guess the one other thing we realized, we use it, we realized we could use all these Ford components, Ford GT components. So it's got a Ford GT transaxle in the back. It's got Ford GT suspension, obviously two for the Cobra, the Ford GT Brembo brakes, Ford GT uh, rack and pinion uh, for, you know, so we had a lot and a lot of extrusions we used on the chassis. We modified them, some of the castings, so we could carry all over over a lot of the investment that we'd actually put in the original car to create what my dream was was a, a super kind lineup that matched what Ferrari was offering. So if you can imagine being able to offer it in the marketplace a four GT, a Cobra, and and GR one, which would have been called Daytona, except Chrysler still had the Daytona name from the from the Omni days. Uh, that would have been a, a hell of a lineup for the performance cars uh, to offer. And of course, then, uh, yes, a Mustang GT350 and 500, it would have been Valhalla, in my mind, of performance car lineup. So what was the conversation that wound up killing the prototype? Uh, Well, it wasn't a conversation. Everybody, after we showed the car and we won Best in Show in Detroit uh, in 2004, uh, we had the business plan together. Um, everybody wanted to do the, but actually times were changing. The business climate was getting worse. By the time the car would have come out, it was right about the time we would have headed into the great recession. Oh no. And, uh, we just couldn't get it, get the program approved. So, mm. uh, and I, everybody wanted to do it, had a lot of support, uh, you know, finances dictated the case. Somebody asked me, I guess just today, they said, what if it happened, you know, very unusual after the Great Recession, we've had a, a great run, yes. just better better economy. If you had a period where the economy was like that, then it, it would have happened and it would have been wonderful. But yeah. it was not to be, so we ended up with one of one, the last and only uh, uh, Shelby Cobb. How? Shelby Unicorn. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Shelby, exactly. How so. did you manage to reacquire Daisy, and what have you done with it since? Well, it was, uh, yeah, it's like a, a fantasy story. It was 2017, and uh, I'm reading, just reading, uh, you know, email clips or web clips, and there's an article uh, it says uh, Ford is going to sell the uh, Shelby Cobra concept. And I said, this cannot possibly be. <laughs> and then I read down a little f- further and it said uh, the money raised will be for a charity, uh, the Ford, to, for the restoration of the Henry and Claire Ford mansion called Fairlane. Okay. And um, so I said, well, okay, now I understand why? Because they never sell a concept car like that. Hmm. I read a little further, and, and of course, Ford Legal said uh, 
you know, for liability purposes, we've disabled the car, we'll allow the engine to run, but uh, will not run. And it's going to be at the GAA auction in November um, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Tried to kind of my wife, but I said, let's go visit sister in North Carolina. That's so rude. Uh-huh. I, want, I want to see what it goes for and uh you know and i was hoping maybe i'd be able to steal a car you know because it was non-drivable and i had all the blueprints i knew that i it could get it running and i didn't i couldn't bear the thought of a car just sitting in a corner like that yeah. a real hard running fully engineered concept car collecting dust so we went to the auction and i tried to play it low-key and i set the bid limit for myself and I told my, yeah, I was like Inspector Clouseau. I was a war black baseball cap from black. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat back in the peanut gallery. And then as soon as the car came up, it, you know, they towed it onto the stage and the race. And I got up out of my chair and I went up to one of the spotters and I said, I know it's going to blow past me, but stay close. Well, sure enough, uh, they started the bidding, and within the first 10 seconds, it blew through my maximum. <laughs> and so I walked away from the spotter and went went back to my seat in the peanut gallery, and, and the spotter chased me back. And then meanwhile, it's climbing and climbing and climbing. And finally, to uh, my great surprise, my wife said, look, you only have one chance of getting this car. Go for it. Uh-oh. She's a keeper. Uh-oh. <laughs> like- I, you know, I bought... I bought the car. I had to mortgage both houses to, and wrote the two biggest checks I've ever written in my life and brought Daisy home oh. and took it to the same team and used and got her running it again. And uh, it's been, been fantastic. I've had it uh, car shows. I've had it at uh, Concours and Neely Island, and, uh, Concours of America. We had it with Jay Leno uh, driving it around and Donald Osborne and, uh, I've got it out at the M1 concourse in Michigan. I take it for a ride every once in a while on the track. So it's uh, it's been a joy to own. And it gave me, I started when Carol passed, I started to write a book about Carol because we had become friends. We used to call, call each other twice a week and see each other at least once a month. And uh, I was really shooken up when he passed because we were going to build, quite frankly. We had started plans to build like 200 rolling chassis a classic Cobra with modern underpinnings, 200 daisies, 200 wow. GR1s. Oh, my had, God. He asked me to put a business plan together, which I did. And I couldn't. First, it was to do a fully certified production car. There was no way. I said, Carol, there's no way, even with, with chassis invention that he encouraged me to do, we couldn't do it. You'd have to sell 5,000 cars to break even. And I said, you haven't got a dealer body to do that. But then when we looked at the rolling chassis idea, uh, it it would have made money. Oh. So he went off to go get funding, and then he got ill, and that was the end of it. So long story short, I got the I got the car. Now I had after he passed. Now I had a happy ending to my book. It's called Kismet. You know, Daisy comes home, and uh, and that uh, you know was was a dream come true. I mean, it's a fairy tale story. It sounds like it. It absolutely does. Now. 
Daisy is headed to Meekum's Monterey sale. Uh, it's going to be taking place Saturday, August 14th at the Monterey Hyatt Regency Hotel and Spa. Uh, I've never set foot in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, who is it you would you would ideally like to see on the car next? A museum or a Shelby fan or a Shelby Cobra fan? or yeah, Jay Leno. I'd really like to see Jay have it. Well, Jay would be wonderful to have it. it. You know, we had a ball when we were driving the car out there, and his collection is just amazing. He's such a good ambassador for, yeah. for the car business. But I think and, um, I love owning a car. I don't really want to sell a car. But it's it's one of one. It's irreplaceable. I'm not of a means that, you know, I, I've got it licensed and plated for the road now. But really? I, I can't take it on the road. I just I can't, I can't risk it. I take oh, it out yeah. on the track. But I don't push it too hard, but I have a good time. How, and how far is not too hard? <laughs> I'm so curious. Yeah. Are you talking about thirty, buck forty? We well, we do hit the hit the rev light limiter. It's a short track, so don't get it. <laughs> you know, donuts can be done slower. I'm sure those were. And the tires, the tires are 18 years old, so I got to be a little careful. Okay, good point. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but it's you know, I think we got to find an owner that's one an enthusiast appreciates the history because this is a is a historic vehicle. It would be nice if it's somebody that could book in the car. Wouldn't wouldn't be nice if it's somebody had a collection of one of the an early two eighty nine, a four twenty seven, a GT three fifty, and then bookend it with the last Carol Shelby. It would be really cool. Yeah, but somebody else that had the means uh, to to drive it to show it. I don't really wouldn't like it hidden some corner. Public loves this car when they see it. The uh, it's it, the styling has aged well. It was, Jay was determined not to make it too retro. Retro, it had to have the cues of a Cobra. Proportions are different, the language. And when I show the car, people come up to me and say, is that coming out next year? And they're so excited oh. about it. They think it's a fresh design. I want the car to continue to be shown in love. This is my, my dream. Amen. Very cool. Aside from the book, which put me down for a copy, I want one. Uh, okay. We're pulled out of the hardcover. You got to go with the soft cover now. <laughs> What's uh, what's on the horizon for you? What's next? Well, that's kind of the other reason why I want to uh, I put the car up for sale is Carol and I also were working in the book on several other projects, uh, and one of the projects I was working on before Daisy came up for sale was Super Snake Two. Oh. It had a chassis invention that, that I came up with. Carol gave me probably the only real Shelby carbon fiber body. He didn't know it at the time. That's another story. But he gave that to me to put on the car. And Ford, one of the Ford GT prototypes to field strip for suspension, transmission, and, uh, and of course, the the 5.4 motor. So we were going to build Super Remember, Super sold has sold three times now for $5.5 million. Yeah, and not long ago. Dang. (laughs) Not long ago was the third time. So the proposal was to do Super Snake 2 to, as a proof of proof of concept for the chassis. Ford supported me. Carol supported me. We started on that project. Uh, when I bought Daisy, you know, I had to suspend that program to get Daisy running and pay the bill. 
and uh, and now it's time. It's it's about eighty to ninety percent mechanically. It's it's done. We just finished the electrical system. We had to split the body down the center and widen it nine inches to cover. Oh, oh my God! So this is the baddest looking Shelby Cobra you're ever going to see. I mean, the mouth is. Imagine the mouth of a cobra being nine inches wide. It's just. <laughs> it's just a, and it's got the prettiest butt you ever saw. You know, big butts are in style now. This one's got it. So I want to finish that up. Another secret nobody knew about is uh, Carol and I had also made a proposal to Ford Motor Company after I'd retired. And when they were going to wind down the Ford GT program, we had a proposal to do a Shelby version of the Ford GT. Shelby GT. And there's pictures of the renderings that we proposed in that book. It would have been higher performance, taking taking the Ford GT to the next level. And we had approval in the executive team at Ford, except for one person. And one veto kept us from doing that. So I'd still like to build that car. So now's your time to shine, Chris. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? What's the dumb, I've done a lot of dumb things in a car. <laughs> um, Donuts in a yeah, Shelby unicorn? Did, yeah. <laughs> Time, some time to think about that, that one. Well, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which one could I tell and not yeah, get in there's, trouble? There's got to be one that the statute of limitations has run out on. Uh, well, I've had. Okay, uh, I will be honest. I have a spot here in the Thumb in Michigan. God, I'm going to get in trouble now. That's nice and straight and flat, and I do. I do demo runs for my friends, and we hit 180 in a public two-lane road. So that's <laughs> probably, probably end the dumb. You know, the dumbest one was we were testing the Ford GT. We were coming back into Michigan. We had about four of them on the road, and we had our walkie-talkies in between. And we're coming up I-75 just across the Ohio State border into Michigan. And I get on the walkie-talkie, and I, and I tell – Kaledia says, yeah, I'm doing 180. It's stable as can be. And he says, Jesus, do you realize you're on, on a live channel? Ten <laughs> <laughs> four back door. Uh, <laughs> but apparently the cops weren't listening, so we made it home. Oof. So crazy things. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that's so perfect. That's I awesome. love it. Oh We've been speaking with Chris Theodore, former vice president of product development for Ford Motor Company. All the social media links for Chris, Shelby, Daisy, and Meekum and Ford can be found on readthedriven.com. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. This half hour went really quick. Thanks for had fun. Is that dude cool or what? Oh, there's so much history there and, and like Indeed. old history, but also new history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like it's new. We new, have new to have old. him back. I, I'm thinking he yeah. knows where a lot of bodies are buried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Amen. I, I, want, I want more stories. That was not enough. That was just a taste. So thank you very much, Chris yes. Theodore, for being on with us. And uh, you are welcome back here anytime you'd like, sir. 
Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and you can listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt yep. and Mark Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Yeah.